Marvelites, welcome to episode number 37 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of news, information, action, adventure, and Blake Garris's angry, scowling face. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... Ben Morse, Associate Editor of Marvel.com, joined by... Associate Producer, Blake Garris, joined by... Anthony Chan, the Marvel intern. Yeah. Blake is teetering on the edge because we are on Monday of Comic-Con week, and yeah. he's got a lot to do, much as we all do. This is Blake's first Comic-Con right. for Marvel, so this is my fifth or so. You could just see him about to crack and explode. I'm enjoying it thoroughly. It's I will my, say that. It's my fourth, and all the like tips I'm giving him, I can just see them like going right through his head. Just I'm yeah. like, oh, do this, do this, and he's just like, <laughs> they're just exploding on the side. Like Your Ghostbuster shirt won't save you today, Blake. The more we talk about me, the more I get closer to the edge. Yes, yeah, perfect. True. The more we talk, the longer this podcast. Don't becomes. tell me about your secrets and your weaknesses. All right. So if you're just joining us on This Week in Marvel, we're going to talk about all the new comics out this week, from print to digital to collections. Then we'll go through some news, and then we'll touch on your questions and comments. If you have questions and comments about both the podcast or just, you know, Marvel in general, you can tweet them to us using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. Let's start it off with comics this week. Ben, go. Start off with Avengers Assemble number 5, written by Brian Michael Bendis with the art of Mark Bagley. This was basically a, if you aren't familiar with them, an introduction. If you are familiar with them, a reintroduction to the Guardians of the Galaxy. One of my favorite teams, group of cool characters, Star-Lord, Drax, Gamora, Rocket Raccoon. Charlie 27. Charlie 27 was not in this issue. The guy with the mohawk. Fingers crossed. Yondu was Yondu. not in this issue. Fingers crossed nope. next issue. No, these are the new school Guardians of the Galaxy, made famous by Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning series. They are now on Earth helping out. The Avengers team against the threat of Thanos. In this issue, we get kind of the backstory on the Guardians, what they've been up to lately, and really just a primer on the Guardians, how they fight, their basic characters. Uh, we get to see some interactions between them and the Avengers. We get some side stuff on the Avengers with Black Widow and Hawkeye. We get a cool scene with Captain America and Hulk. But really, this issue is about bringing the Guardians of the Galaxy into the Avengers world, and I loved it. This was just right off the bat, one of the first issues I read this week, and I just got such a kick out of it. Bendis really gets the Guardians. They're a quirky team. Abnett and Lanning kind of perfected the art of them, but they're a collection of weirdos. They're a collection of random people. They had a talking raccoon, a giant tree, and a lot of other odd characters. Half-naked green space Half- warrior. Yeah, two of them, really. Yeah, um, awesome. And But they're also this incredibly powerful team with this huge mandate of guarding the entire galaxy. And I thought Bendis really nailed that. I love seeing them interact with the Avengers because during the Advent Landing Run, they were kind of quarantined off in the cosmic corner of the universe. So just dynamite stuff and Bagley draws a great Star-Lord, draws a great Rocket Raccoon, draws a great Gamora. And, you know, we got some good Avengers stuff, too. Like I said, great stuff with Cap, Hulk, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Thor. Just a primo Avengers title. Great action going on. We got to see the Badoon. We get to see more Thanos next issue. So I was really, I was in the tank for this issue, man. It was a good time. In the tank. In the tank means you enjoyed it. Oh. It was a good time, and it got me really pumped to see what's coming up with the Guardians and also with this Avengers team. So two, three, four thumbs up for Avengers Assemble number five. Yeah, it was great. On to Avenging Spider-Man, number nine. This is guest-starring Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, 
written by Kelly Sue DeConnick with pencils by Terry Dodson, inks by Rachel Dodson, colors by Edgar Delgado. I freaking loved this issue. I, I thought it was so much fun and so silly and over the top at times and just just a whole lot of fun. You've got Carol and Peter Parker chumming around. She's a pilot. She's got a plane and they're going to go flying. I mean, that, that to me was a, a fun little setup. Yeah, and then they get into the that. super heroics after that. But I love their relationship stuff. We had touched on that a couple years ago. They had a couple dates in the Ms. Marvel series, I believe. Really digging that part of this issue. Now you get a new character. Goes by the name Robin Hood. R-O-B-Y-N. There's a funny little line in there. Really fun stuff. And it's actually a two-parter, yeah. I believe. So there, we'll get more of this next issue. And... The new Captain Marvel series starting, I think, next month? This it month? Might be. It's this month. It might be next week. Check the letters page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is Look next week. Goodness gracious. It's this coming is, up on this us. This is the first appearance of Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel, but it's not the first chronological appearance. We'll get the full deal next week in Captain Marvel number one. There you go. But very cool character and settling into her new role nicely. So yeah. Let's see where that goes. AVX versus number four. Part four of the all fights, all the time, AVX tie-in. As usual, you get two stories for the price of one in this issue. Our first story, we've got Rick Remender and Brandon Peterson, Daredevil versus Psylocke. This is gorgeous. You know, when Brandon Peterson does stuff, it's usually very techy. It's a lot of outer space stuff or robots or whatnot. This is just two ninjas kicking the hell out of each other, and it is awesome it was some of my favorite work of his in a long time maybe, really good maybe my favorite work of his ever yeah. since the professor x and jubilee post execution oh with song. him on the cover and yep. his, uh, the chair yeah kills me yep. guys that, so good that may be his finest hour but this is his next finest hour and rick remender kills it man he's you know get the inner monologue of daredevil get the inner monologue of psylocke this is right after the x-men have basically become the phoenix five and they're tracking down the avengers and daredevil you know, he's an outlaw now. He's been an outlaw before. He is afraid of what the X-Men are becoming. And he, as him and Psylocke are having an awesome fight, at which point he realizes they were both trained by the hand, he's also trying to talk her down. And she is trying to justify in her head, like, what the X-Men is doing is right. In the second story in this issue, just a crazy, out of control, written and drawn by Carrie Andrews, Thor versus Phoenix Five, Emma Frost. The visuals are out of control. Emma Frost's dialogue is fantastic. Thor's dialogue is fantastic. It's a god up against a woman who has always wanted to be a god and may well be one now. And the stuff you can do on this level of a fight, this cosmic, huge, epic level of a fight that Carrie Andrews imagines is just dynamite. Blows it, it out of the park. It's a battle-tastic hootenanny. Yeah, it's been called that Yep, by some critics. All right, Captain America, number 14, written by Edward Baker with... Art by Patch Searcher and Mike Diodato. Colors by Paul Mounts. This is the wrap-up to the Shock to the System arc featuring Scourge and evil, evil Peter Gyrick. Gyrick, right? Yeah, Gyrick. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's not evil. Maybe he's evil. He's just a word that I won't say. I was going to curse. No. Had to hold myself back there. But anyway, this is the wrap of the Scourge storyline. D-Man has been revealed to everyone that he is the new Scourge. And there's a lot of heavy-hitting emotional stuff. If you are a longtime Captain America fan, it's kind of rough. It's tough on the heartstrings right there. Yeah. But it leads into Cap putting his foot down, saying, you know, he's got to put a stop to what's going on with... Codename Bravo and Hydra. Codename Bravo and Hydra. They're just not nice. Yeah, guys. they need to be taken out. Yep. 
Dark Avengers number 177. Another two stories for the price of one. A little split adventure action here. Jeff Parker writes both. On one hand, we've got the Thunderbolts taking on Doctor Doom in the recent past, drawn by Declan Shalvey. A lot of fun. Mr. Hyde beating the crap out of Doombots is just a good time for everybody involved. Meanwhile, in the future, as written by Kev Walker, and by the future, I mean the present. Drawn by Kev Walker. Drawn by Kev Walker? Who wrote it? Jeff Parker? That's right. All colored by Frank Martin. So, you know, keeping it all together. Monday, we're doing this. Come on. <laughs> the Dark Avengers, led reluctantly by Luke Cage, have stormed the country of Sultan Magus, who was introduced over in Jeff Parker's Hulk. And that's a great villain. I'm looking forward to seeing them go up against them. But Dark Avengers are a fun group, man. They're an interesting group. Hearing them try to justify themselves. Don't know if they're being serious or they're just being wise asses. Cool dynamics all around in Dark Avengers. In Defenders number 8 by Matt Fraction, Jamie McKelvey, Mike Norton, and Domo Aymara. Domo Arigato? No. Is that what you were going to say? Domo Aymara. I don't really know what happened in this issue, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a hell of a lot. It is gorgeous. The Defenders, the series is got like a billion different moving parts. So you've got the old team of heroes. You've got the current team of Defenders. You've got Wakanda. You've got this just John Amon, who is the Prince, Prince of, of Orphans. Orphans. What a jerk. Such what a, a jerk. jerk he turned out to be. And people are dying. It's just, there's lots of crazy stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm not really sure... What all happened, mm-hmm. but it was fun. It, it was, was a lot of fun, and it is gorgeous. Jamie McKelvey's art is yeah. perfect for this book. We get to meet a lot of new characters with ties to old characters, conspiracy theories running amok, and big ending, big cosmic ending. And a lot of the stuff that's been teased throughout the series starts paying off here. Yeah. So if you've been reading Defenders up to this point, start getting rewarded with uh, some really fun stuff and just some cool fights, too. Yeah, I, I definitely need to reread the previous issues, like I the agree. frogs and how the, all the concordance engines are, are coming together. But I do, we always talk about this when we talk about Defenders, the bottom text. Yes. There's a couple points in here where they're like, seriously, we told you yeah. about all this stuff. See? Now it's happening. See? I thought that was great. Fantastic Four Annual number 33, written and drawn by Alan Davis. This is, if you're a fan like I am of Alan Davis's original creations, Clandestine, This is the comic for you. The Thing and the Human Torch, along with Doctor Strange, get basically drawn into a time-traveling crazy adventure involving the clandestine. Some of the weirdest characters ever created for Marvel. They can be oft confusing, but they're really cool. They have neat personalities. I encourage you to track down their original series. But basically what happens here is, in trying to fix a rift in space-time, the Thing and the Human Torch get drawn to crucial eras in the clandestine's history and we actually get some stories that have been teased before in clandestine appearances as being big moments they actually get told here for the very first time it is gorgeous alan davis draws and he's just you know out of control one of my favorite artists of all time mark farmer his longtime anchor is along with him as well as javier rodriguez on colors it's a different kind of issue but if you pick this up and think it's kind of cool again track down the other clandestine stuff i think it'll be for you in Marvel Universe Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes number four, another issue with two, count them, two stories. All value this week. Seriously. Right, uh, Blake? Mm-hmm. The first story, written by Christopher Yost with the art by Chris Jones, has the champion and the games master. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's Elders so funny. of the universe. But it really just goes into the Thing and the Hulk and their awesome relationship that if you watch the animated series 
Earth's Mightiest Heroes, you know exactly what their relationship is like. Take that, put it in here, and let them go at it with the elders and some other people. It's just, it's terrific. It's a really fun, like, 8-10 page story. The other story in the issue is by Joe Caramanga with art by Ramon Box. And you've got Hawkeye and Black Widow just out on the town fighting Hydra and having a date, which is a super fun story. New Avengers number 28, written by Brian Michael Bendis, with art by Mike Diodato. An ABX tie-in finds Luke Cage, Hawkeye, and Spider-Woman prisoners of the X-Men. They're on Utopia. They've been imprisoned for their own good. Their jailers are Magma, one of the Stepford Cuckoos, and Warpath. They're in jail. They're hanging out. And by hanging out, I mean, you know, suffering horribly. Whatever. They're not being tortured or anything, but they are, you know, sitting. They're in jail. So... One could say they're being tortured. Yes. Once you read the police. I don't want to tip my hand too much. Anyways, anyways, they stage a prison break. You get to see them go up against the X-Men. You know, three of the not most powerful Avengers, but certainly among the most resourceful ones. This was a really good issue. This was a... There's a big twist that I don't want to give away that Ryan alluded to a little bit. But you really get some insight into Spider-Woman, into Hawkeye, into Luke Cage. You get to see... Hawkeye and Spider-Woman's relationship kind of on full display, which is fun. Luke Cage is most desperate. And these guys just trying to outthink their way through an island full of X-Men. You see how desperate the situation has gotten. And the emotional stuff here is crazy. But also, just Brian Bennis, you know, his inventiveness in how these not-so-powerful Avengers can get out of this impossible situation they found themselves in. Mike Diodato has been on fire since ABX started, you know, he's had some, some good years of late, but I really think his new Avenger stuff since ABX started has been dynamite, blown out of the water. I know Rain Barreto's on color art helping a lot here, so this is a gorgeous issue. It's a hard-hitting issue. I think it's going to be a little bit of a controversial issue when things settle down, but it's definitely a big turning point in ABX. Yep. New Mutants number 45 continues Fear of the Future. Storyline with Cannonball and Karma coming back from the future. Why? How? A lot of those questions are answered. And there's a big moment in it where you figure out who the villain in their story is and how that factors into what's going on with the New Mutants themselves now. And it's cool because it pulls in pieces from some of the previous New Mutant stories and mixes everything around and paints a really cool picture of where the team may go and what is at stake in this storyline. So I love this one. Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning on writing chores with Leandro Fernandez on art with Al Staples on colors. Another great New Mutants issue. Scarlet Spider number 7, written by Chris Yost, with art by the new team of Koi Pham and Tom Palmer. This may have been my favorite issue of Scarlet Spider to date. It starts off with Scarlet Spider just swinging around, getting his Houston legs under him, and the headquarters of Roxxon gets nearly blown up by a missile. He saves a girl who's falling out of the sky. One thing leads to another, and because it's Kane... He doesn't Mm-mm. just spurn the uh, save young woman's advances. Then he finds out she was the one who fired the missile that blew up the building. Things spiral from there. He investigates what's going on with Roxxon, why someone would be finding a missile at them at the first place. You get a lot of interesting reveals about the nature of Houston, about the nature of some of the people in the supporting cast. But really what made this issue fun for me was Kane's personality and how different he is from any other hero he has that he does, spoiler alert, sleep with the girl after he saves her. That he is Why just, not? He's just grumpy the whole time. I <laughs> love his grumpiness 
about, you know, just when his, his young charge, Aracely, is trying to hang out with him. And, oh, he, she's psychic, and he's thinking about how he doesn't want to get involved with uh, stuff. And she comes in and yells at him because she's like, all you're not wanting to get involved with stuff is keeping me awake because he keeps thinking about it. He goes and bugs, like, his supporting cast because he doesn't know how to use Google because he doesn't go on the Internet ever. So he needs them to look stuff up for him. He's this cranky curmudgeon of a superhero with just enough morals to be a good guy. And, oh, man, along with Kid Loki, maybe my favorite new character of this year. Kid Loki was last year, wasn't he? He was yeah. the sensational new character find of last year. Kane is my sensational new character find of this year, even though he's an even older though character. He's 20 years old. No, even though he's an older character, him as Scarlet Spider is my sensational new character find. Just such a fun book, and cool to see Koi Fan and Tom Palmer coming on board and making it their own. Here we go, guys. It's time for Space, colon, Punisher. Space Punisher! Written by Frank Thierry. Art by Mark Teixeira. What we said before this podcast started was, this was fantastic. It was was so much fun. This was a super duper fun issue. I love Frank Thierry. He's a friend, so I I would be slightly biased, but I try to be straight down the line. But this was awesome. I hate Frank Thierry, and I I like this issue. This was uh, just super fun. Tex's art on this book is so good. It's, It's all painted. It's all gorgeous. There's lots of little touches that he puts in there. You know, it's just really cool because I was expecting somehow they were gonna take Frank and put him in the in space, and it was gonna be the Frank. Thierry? That, yes, it was gonna be Frank Thierry <laughs> as the Punisher. Put him in space. That uh, somehow, whatever. But no, this is a completely different universe story idea. It takes concepts and characters that we know and love, but throws them all in space in a new way, and it's terrific, and it's brutal, and it's fun. I loved this book. Yeah. If you're on the fence about this book, go ahead, do yourself a favor, and pick it up. You don't need to know anything to get into it. You know that the Punisher kills people. You don't even need to know that. You could pick this book up. It's basically a completely new character. It's great art. It's fun writing. Got robots and aliens. Debauchery with a horse and some many-breasted person thing. It's a Frank Thierry comic. Yeah. For kids. Not for kids. Not for kids. Not for kids. No. Really good. Oh, my turn again. Yep. Hold on, guys. I'm eating some nuts. Back Blake, would nuts. you like some nuts? Yeah. I don't know why Blake never takes you up on your offer when you offer him nuts. I know. It's like, it's, uh, I don't know. It's rude. All right. Time for Spider-Man number three. Speaking of books that I loved, this one. Really great. Brian Michael Bendis, Sarah Bakelli, and art by Justin Ponsor. You've got Peter Parker interacting with Miles Morales in the Ultimate Universe with Mysterio mucking everything up you've got the ultimates in here and just between all like the fun bits between the spider-man and the villains and everything you've got really crazy emotional stuff with peter figuring out what is so different about this world which i thought was terrific and then the last page here was just that was a lot that was crazy i read that on the subway on my way home on Friday. You cannot have this, Anthony Chanza. Do not Anthony, put Anthony your hand out. Anthony subtly reaches his hand out like a beggar <laughs> yeah. on the street every time we finish a comic he wants to read. But, yeah. you know, no, you will wait. It's my twin pick. Yeah, here you can look at it. Uh, it was terrific. Over in the Ultimate Comics universe, which I guess we were half there just a moment ago, Ultimate Comics X-Men number 14, written by Brian Wood, drawn by Paco Medina with an assist from 
friend Riley Brown. This is the first part of Divided We Fall. I spoke very highly of Brian Wood's first issue of Ultimate Comics X-Men, how he really changed the tone while still keeping the spirit of what Nick Spencer was doing. And my praise continues on this issue. I think this issue was even better. I think it was. I think he's really feeling it out. We've got the core cast of Kitty Pride, Iceman, Jimmy Hudson, and Rogue. They're on a road trip across America to basically deal with the anti-mutant just portion of the country that has now arisen. Sentinels have basically taken over portion of the country. The world is more bigoted than ever. It's a really harsh book or a very harsh theme, but it's this very, you know, they can't use their powers. They can't be flashy. They're basically sneaking across a country where everyone is against them. They have to be stealthy. They have to kind of bite down and deal with some stuff they don't necessarily want to deal with. Everything is very scary. Everything is very tense. Even getting pulled over by non-powered human cops at a checkpoint becomes just this tense, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening scene. And the dynamics between the four of them reminded me of just like good teen drama. Like when you really, you know, there's feelings unfolding here. They're being forced to grow up way faster than they should have. They feel things for each other. They have crushes. They're annoyed at each other. There's rivalries. And it all just gets amplified. And so Brian Wood is really good. He always has been back when he did Generation X back in the day. And it's good to see him shining here. This is quickly becoming one of my favorite books that we put out. Uncanny X-Force, number 27. You guys want a sunshine-filled, happy, <laughs> just really just friendly book, a, a good kid's book, a book that you just want to feel good after you read it and you're happy and you want to go out and face the day. Go this find, is not it. Go find Space Punisher. Yeah, this is not it, guys. This is Rick Remender stabbing you in the heart a hundred times per page with gorgeous art by Phil Noto and Dean White. It's just... Oh, these people, they just do awful things to these characters that we've grown to love. And it's really, it's a great comic. But man, this is a brutal issue all around. One of my favorite X-Men supporting characters bites the dust in this issue. Yeah, that, oh, that killed hard. me, right? Oh, really hard. Oh, damn you, Rick. Yeah. And I mean, that's not the only death in the issue. And there's just so much going on. Uh, Whatever. Just, you're going to read it, and it's really good, and it's going to depress you, and it's going to be okay, because hopefully the good guys will win. Speaking of violent Rick Remender comics, as we often are, Venom number 20 by Rick Remender and Cullen Bunn, with art by Lan Medina and Robert Atkins. It is part three, the penultimate chapter of Savage Six. Venom is off the chain. His mom has been captured. His sister was captured. His brother-in-law was killed. Betty Brant is in the wind somewhere. He doesn't know where she's at. Savage Six is making his life hell. He tracks down one of them, Death Adder, in this issue, and they have a brutal fight. Just tear it out. And then it gets even worse as he tracks down Human Fly. I love that Death Adder doesn't speak. And he, yeah. he knows that. That just makes it super creepier. creepy. Creepier. So he has fights with them. He gets tracks down the Human Fly in what's Ugh. a very satisfying scene for those of us who have been reading the series. Because Human Fly is such a jerk what a great but way to turn hard. like they turn this nobody yeah. into just this horrible villain yeah. and the big payoff here is we find out after 20 issues who crime master is and it's very interesting i'm gonna leave it at that i think it was a good reveal sometimes you know these things can be a letdown it's definitely ties into the series ties into spider-man lore if you're a longtime spider-man fan this one's really gonna get you so keep tuned to venom for the last part 
try something a little unorthodox with our final issue of the week. I know uh, our intern, Anthony Chanza, was a big fan of Wolverine and the X-Men number 13. So, Anthony, you want to take the mic and tell people why you dug this issue? Well, Members, speak up. Speak up. We're continuing Gladiator and the Shi'ar coming down to get Kid Gladiator from Jean Grey School of Higher Learning. They're actually on Utopia now. Well, he was coming there, now they're on Utopia. Okay. But you're dealing with Gladiator finding the Phoenix Force, you're getting Warbird's origin and finding out more about her. And Come on! Let's gave go. you the spotlight, uh, kid! Come on! It's great fights between Warbird. You're getting another side of, of her fight with magic that I think was in AVX 6 or 7. You're seeing Warbird's character being developed way more than it was before. And also just the fight scene between Gladiator and Cyclops. And just the end of the issue. It's really, really sad. Who wrote it? Jason Aaron. Who drew it? Bradshaw. Yeah, he did, man. All right, not bad. Between the Cyclops fight here mm-hmm. and the Emma fight in AVX versus, you really get a sense of how ridiculously powerful the Phoenix Five are. It's pretty freaky. Yeah. It's pretty freaky. All right, not bad, Anthony. Your first time in prime time. I'm proud of you. Thank you you. You've shown. <sighs> Twim of the week time. Oh, man. This is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Like, going through this, I didn't realize how many good books there were this week. I loved a lot of my love verses. I loved New Avengers. I loved Scarlet Spider, Space Punisher, Ultimate Comics X-Men, Uncanny X. Oh, jeez, man. I'm going to give it to Avengers Assemble. I really, really liked that reintroduction of the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I was just put a smile on my face to see them back on the big stage. But oh, Scarlet Spider, I kind of wanted to give that, and you made a great point for uh, Space Punisher. So there's a lot this week. I think I would be split between Spider-Man and Space Punisher. Yeah. That's just Both me. Good books. But I mean, you can't really lose. There's a lot of great so stuff many good here. Ones this week. What do you say, Anthony? I would go Uncanny X Force 27. Yeah. Which is what Remender did. It's horrible, but it's just <laughs> He's crying. It's such a good story. Listeners, well, Anthony is crying. The character that dies. Both characters that die. It's too much. Anthony, you're coming along. You're coming along. This is your finest hour on this podcast. Blake, do you still like comics? Space Punisher. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, that's two nice for Space Punisher. Nice job. I will gladly support Space Punisher. Yeah, yeah. That was a great book. All right, let's talk about digital comics released on the app. Everything we talked about is out on the app, as well as Avengers Academy number 14.1, as well as 15 through 20, all four issues of Luke Cage Noir. Speaking of our new Captain Marvel, we have Miss Marvel number 25 through 30. We have the Realm of Kings one-shot, Realm of Kings and Humans, the full series one through five, and issues 6 through 10 of X-Men Forever. Hot dog. All right, so before we go into print collections, we'll look at digital collections available on the app this week. You've got Deadpool, Volume 5, What Happened in Vegas, Spider-Man, Grim Hunt, Spider-Man Reign, Spider-Man, The Fantastic Spider-Man, Spider-Man, The Return of Anti-Venom, and Ultimate Spider-Man, Volume 11, Carnage. Man, there's some good stuff in there. Very good stuff. Yeah. I like the Fantastic Spider-Man was one of the arcs Dan Slott worked on where Spidey first joined the Future Foundation. Yeah. That was a lot of fun, but a lot of good stuff. That and Grim Hunt. Grim mm. Hunt was mm. excellent. Mm. Print collections on sale this week. We have Ant-Man Season 1 out in hardcover. Definitely check that out. That's one of our Season 1 initiative books. Casanova, Avarita is out in trade paperback. Ender's Game, Formic Wars, Silent Strike, hardcover. Essential Web of Spider-Man, Volume 2, trade paperback. Fantastic Four by Jonathan Hickman, Volume 5, hardcover. Journey into Mystery, Terrorism Myth, hardcover. 
Marvel Masterworks Amazing Spider-Man Volume 14 hardcover, Wolverine the X-Men Alpha and Omega hardcover, and finally X-23 Volume 2 Chaos Theory in trade paperback. So much good stuff there. A lot of good stuff. I would go with Journey into Mystery, Terrorism, Myth. That was our boy uh, Damon Hellstrom coming strong into one of our favorite titles. Can't go wrong. Yeah, Journey into Mystery uh, or the FF stuff. Well, mm. That is not the only way you can get comics, print, digital, digital, print. You can also use Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. Blake, why don't you tell them what is available, freshly digitized, this week. We have Hulk-sized Mini Hulk Summer 1, Generation Hope 3, 5, 6, and 7, and Generation Hope 14 and 15, Ghost Riders 6, 7, and 8, Journey into Mystery 627, 628, 629, 633, and 626.1, Marvel Zombie Supreme 1 through 5, and Marvel Zombies Christmas Carol 1 through 5 as well. Nice job, Blake. Who put this list together? It's all backwards and upside down. This is how it was in Freshly Digitized, and we had no time. Do you think to yourself, maybe, hey, this is out of order. I'll take a second to correct this. Or is it just like, it's like, this is the way it was. I need to leave it that way. It's just, we need to get into the podcast. If Blake told you to jump off a bridge. I didn't tell him. Why are you telling the intern to jump off a bridge? HR. I'll tell him to now after reading this thing. (laughs) Hey, I think we need to get out of here and go to the West Coast later this week. But right now... We should send things to the West Coast and Stromy with the latest news. Segway! But it's not the latest news yet. Stromy's going to give us some updates on TV, movies, oh. animation, and video games. That was such a good transition. Oh, well. You were so close, Ben. Have fun editing that one, Blake. No, there's no need to edit it. It's beautiful. Stromy, it's take beautiful. us away. Hello there this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom, a.k.a. Stromy, coming to you from a very bright and sunny Los Angeles. I'm recording this pretty early in this week. This is actually Monday afternoon when I'm recording this because of course the rest of our week is taken up by San Diego Comic-Con which of course will be a blast we'll be live blogging and doing all that jazz I'm sure Ryan and Ben have already told you about this so I don't need to so I'm just gonna pass right on over there and move right into this week in Marvel in TV so of course we've got new episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD Beginning Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. So, you know, if you are not at San Diego Comic-Con, you can check these out. If you are, be sure to TiVo them because there are a couple of awesome episodes. And I use awesome very punnily because the new episode of Ultimate Spider-Man features awesome Andy, the the android. You know, the big, uh, from Fantastic Four, he looks like a big... uh, yeah, it sort of looks like a big chunk of clay to me with the weird, like, square head. I don't know, I always liked him. He's a, an adventure of the Mad Thinker, of course, in the comics, but he has a slightly different, albeit hilarious, origin in this week's episode, which is also entitled Awesome. So I've now said awesome, like, five times in the space of 90 seconds, and I feel like I'm back in the 90s again. It also features the Juggernaut, and uh, yeah, it's basically the story of a science project gone awry, and is a, uh, I don't know, I think it's a pretty humorous episode. I enjoy it a lot. Well, of course, they're all humorous, but I dug this one in particular. 
Then after that, we've got a new episode of the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. This is the big episode that we've been building to all season. It is entitled Secret Invasion, which, as you know, means that the Skrulls are coming a calling, and... You know, the Avengers have to basically fight them off in order to save the entire world. So this is the big climax to everything we've been building to. You won't want to miss it because it is great. And if you're a fan of Secret Invasion, you know the storyline. It's real thrill to watch it like this. And if you're not a fan, if you haven't, or rather if you haven't read Secret Invasion at all ever before, you can still just dig it a lot it's a very good episode a very good conclusion to the storyline and with that i'll leave you and send you back to the gang over in new york and i'll be back shortly with a few little tidbits of news oh my goodness thank you stromy oh, so much can't wait to see you out there stromy the weather sounds great i know and all the stuff you got planned for us yes it's gonna be a bombastic hootenanny i think stromy and blake are rooming together this week I believe so. So that's going to be an event. Have you fun. guys should live vlog that. I'm going to take pictures of him sleeping. Oh, oh, cool. So that got creepy. That got creepy <laughs> real All right, fast. Let's go right into news. <laughs> ben, you start us off. Obviously, Marvel Now is one of our huge initiatives moving forward. And another thing we did late last week was reveal the cover to Uncanny Avengers number one, which will be the first Marvel Now title. It's going to be by Rick Remender and John Cassidy. We showed John's cover. It looks gorgeous. It's got Captain America, Wolverine, Scarlet Witch, Rogue, Thor, and Havoc. And a whole new cover treatment that we're going to be using a lot more moving forward. So check that out and let us know what you think. It hasn't happened yet. There's going to be a time paradox. Though it hasn't happened yet, you'll be looking back when this goes up on the Daredevil End of Days live blog that we had slash are going to have later today slash Monday. Brian Michael Bendis and the gang talking about Daredevil End of Days. It's a big, fun long-awaited project yeah we announced, we announced it years several ago. years ago yeah i think we were at our previous jobs when we announced it or you might have just started here but anyways that's a coming it's coming in october and we talked all about it or we're going to talk all about it and you should check that out we teased minimum carnage another big san diego announcement so enjoy the teaser for that and then get the full scoop at san diego and finally congratulations to blake's best friend anderson silva who we interviewed last week. Blake interviewed last week. He's a UFC is it middleweight champion, Blake. Mm-hmm. He's the middleweight champion of the UFC. He won his fight on Saturday after speaking to us. No curse in effect. I think he credited Blake in his post-match. He definitely did. Teaching him everything he knows. Yep. That was a big success for him. Blake, you want to say anything to Anderson? Thank you for just being a part of just a wonderful interview. I mean, I know my questions were great. Your answers were great. Sometimes things just mesh. Call me maybe. All right, and that's all we have for comics news this week. Ryan, what do you got over on your side of the table? All right, really, I'm looking at Comic-Con, all Comic-Con, all the time. Right now, you can go to Marvel.com and check out the panel schedule, the live blog schedule. If you're listening to this podcast, you may not be going to the show, but you can still follow along with everything that we're doing. We'll have panel live blogs of all 13 Marvel panels there. It's 12 official Marvel panels and the Hasbro panel. We're going to be live blogging those. We're also going to be doing video streaming from the show floor. We've been scheduling out like crazy interviews with some of the people. Who do we have scheduled for interviews? Man, we got a whole bunch of people. We've got Mike Allred. We've got Peter David. We've got Umberto Ramos. We've got Isad Ribic. We've got Joe Casada. 
We've got J. Scott Campbell. We've got Frank Thierry and Mark Texera, the uh, Space Punisher team. Nice. Lionel Francis Yu is going to be joining us. This is just a few. I've been in touch with so many people that I'm forgetting. James Asmus is going to be there. Stuart Moore is going to be there. That's just from the comic side of things. I believe we're also going to be speaking to some folks from WWE, some folks from TNA, some, some folks from folks, yeah, mystery the, folks that we're not saying too yeah. much about yet. We'll see how all that over, goes. All over the place. We've got a lot of guests scheduled, and they're still filing in as we speak. That doesn't even count all the stuff that we're going to do throughout the show. Sure. We're going to have tours of all the booths that are there, including the Marvel booth, but we're going to show all the cool stuff at Hasbro's Marvel booth, to Diamond Select booth. We're going to go by Activision. We're going to go by Ubisoft. We're going to go by Lego. I mean, there's lots and lots of Marvel stuff there. We're going to try and get you some video from the panels as well. It's really, it's going to be crazy, crazy, crazy as Comic-Con always is, but it should be super fun. You guys can check everything out at marvel.com slash SDCC 2012. That's where we're going to put up everything. All the news, updates, links, good stuff, photos, so many photos. In theory, by the time this podcast goes up, we'll already be underway. We'll be out in San Diego yeah. every Thursday, and the show true, will have started. True Rooney. Yeah. Are you putting this out early? We have to, right? I mean, oh, really? We did it on the... I thought we were putting it on Thursday. What are we doing with it? I was going to... It's going tomorrow? i that myself. So, maybe. Whatever. Comic-Con week. It's crazy. It's flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. We're having fun. Also, there's going to be video game news. Something may have leaked this past weekend. I won't talk about it because I don't want to talk about it, but uh, if you got to see it... I'm sure it's very interesting to you. Congratulations. There's more coming. Marvel Heroes news, Battle for Earth stuff, more, 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 video games everywhere. We're going to actually, I'm going to play some more Marvel Heroes than I've been able to play recently. Should be fun. I love video games. I don't know where I'm going with this. You know what? Let's kick it over to Blake to talk about some exclusives that will be available. Because when the podcast is falling apart, you kick it to Blake. Kick it to Blake. Hey, everybody. So we have... uh... Well, Diamond Select is going to have Avengers vs. X-Men Minimates. They're all on Marvel.com, but you can see Emma Frost, Hope Summers, Cyclops, Colossus with a removable Juggernaut helmet. Pretty cool stuff, right? Yeah, yeah no, that sounds awesome, awesome man. Great. Uh, Kotobukiya has an X-23 Storm and Black Widow statue. Each. They're not one they, they each have their own statues. I remember Ben's here, so I have to be extremely descriptive. If I weren't here, just, you know, go nuts. There's also, we talked about this a couple times, the Toys R Us X-Factor pack from Hasbro with Cyclops, Angel, Marvel Girl, and Iceman. Oh, also Mr. Sinister and Apocalypse. And then finally, more Hasbro stuff, the Shield Super Helicarrier. I think Ryan was playing with that over the weekend. I haven't unboxed it yet. I don't know where to put it. I just... Yeah, we talked about this last week. It's big. It's awesome. Yes, it looks awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then the Masters of Evil Special Edition 3-pack with Baron Zemo, Radioactive Man, and Tiger Shark. And finally, the Uncanny X-Force Collector's Pack with Archangel Wolverine and Psylocke. Those are Marvel Legends. Marvel Legends. Yeah, they're, they're terrific. Actually, I got those as well. Like, Wolverine's claws are shiny, uh, not like the silver matte paint. They're really nice. They're really cool Ooh. figures. Uh, you know what? Let's kick it over to... Strami for news. Yes, yeah, Strami. Give us some news. Welcome back this week in Marvelites. This is, of course, Marvel.com assistant editor Strami coming back at you once more for a little one-two punch. 
I mean, it's always a one-two punch because I always come on and then I send you back and then I come on again. But anyway, this week we're actually a little light in news because by the time this goes out, I believe it's going out Thursday, we'll still have, you know, some more things that are yet to be revealed from San Diego Comic-Con. So what can I safely say of some cool stuff that we have going on? We released some art from the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 1 Avengers Assemble box set that is coming out on September 25th. This art is the art that goes on the individual movies in the box set. It's sort of the art on the individual movie sleeves. It's some really, really, really incredible artwork that you need to check out on Marvel.com. We'll be chatting with the artist this week or early next week. We'll be writing an interview with him. It's going to be really great. You're really going to dig this artwork, or you do really dig this artwork because it's out by the time this is out, but it's not out yet when I'm recording it. Regardless, I'm very excited. I remember seeing it for the first time a few months ago, and I couldn't wait to be able to talk about it publicly and show it off. Some really, really phenomenal stuff. Uh, and if you were on the fence about buying this box in the first place, A, what's wrong with you? And B, this is just all the more incentive to do it. So... That's really all I can safely say at this point, but, you know, keep tuned to Marvel.com, of course, all weekend long throughout San Diego Comic-Con, because we'll have a bunch more cool announcements coming your way in the coming days. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope you're tuning in to some of our live broadcast at San Diego Comic-Con, and hopefully I will see you there. All right, we're back on track. Thank you, Strami. Blake is about to explode. we got to go right into questions and comments. Reminder, again, if you have questions or comments about the podcast or Marvel, you can tweet them to us using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. You could also send them directly to me, at Agent underscore M, or at Ben J. Morse, or at Blake Garris, or at Strami, and we'll, we'll get them and we'll compile them into this big, crazy sheet that we're looking at right now jumping right into things the first tweet we have is from alex gimmel he tweets this week in marvel every week is so much fun strami section is awesome so is the print comics and digital and collections and questions and comments can't disagree with that Do we have any other sections that you're missing i think we're good so you didn't mention blake's uh news section <gasps> how dare he Alex. <laughs> All right. It's not fair. At Brad the YM has a couple. The first one to me and Ben. All right. Who would win the chamber match? That's the elimination chamber just, match. Yeah, Brad the YM's continuing saga of his elimination chamber match. With Wolverine, Iron Man, Captain America, Cyclops, Namor, and Colossus. Captain America. Done. It's all about strategy, man. Wolverine's healing factor is no good in an elimination chamber match because it takes time. Yeah. And by the time he heals, he'll be done for. Iron Man, I don't trust powers in an elimination match. If you can avoid stick and move, you'll be good. Cap wins. Another one from Matt Brad, the YM. Listen to episode 34 again to get the six right. Could you answer who would win match with and without powers? We, I, we, no, we can't no, keep going back no. to elimination. We need to move on, we Brad, gotta the YM. Go. You need to move on. Yes. At Brad, the YM. Last one says, which X-Men would you like to see get their own solo title? Which Avenger as well? I've always thought the X-Men, who has the most untapped potential, is Iceman. 
But then one of... I just rolled my eyes. You couldn't hear but it. But then one of... I gotta get fill in for Tim Dillon. But I would actually change it because one of my favorite underrated Marvel series of all time is Brian K. Vaughn and Mark Teixeira's Cyclops miniseries. It showed me that a Cyclops solo book could be awesome, and particularly now when Cyclops is more complex and more important than ever. I'm gonna go with Cyclops. I think Cyclops should have his own book. Hmm. As far as Avengers... I don't know why Luke Cage doesn't have a series. Yeah. That seems like a glaring omission. Really awesome Luke Cage series would be really awesome. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. X-Men for you? I would say Cable. Yeah. But he's had that. Can have it again. I guess. We'll see. Yeah. We will see. Mm. Moving on to Immortal Thor 99. Is there any one character you've focused on and completely ramped up? First question was about Avengers Alliance. Oh. What was the <laughs> addendum to there? <laughs> well, we don't... Oh, that we focused on, like, I really want to build this guy up. Yeah. No, I'm very much a communist in my Avengers Alliance plane. I try to build up everyone equally, and, you know, whoever's due up next gets the next build up. I've maxed out Hulk and Spider-Man so far. Iron Man and... I think Iron Man is the next one for me to max out. My people's is on training missions to get some coins for that. I just kind of get a couple that I really use and then ramp it up uh, as I bring more. And I just got Scarlet Witch. She is awesome. Her first power attacks everyone, and it hits them a bunch of times. She's fantastic. Who told you to get her? Me. No, you wanted to get Black Panther, and I said, no, you should give Scarlet Witch a try. Lies. Mm. Lies from Ryan Finagos. Mm. The new fragrance. Oh, I would, I would wear that. At Immortal Thor 99, who wouldn't want a character that looks like Hamburglar and breathes taco sauce? I smell the next Herald of Galactus. Is this something you Did, did? we talk about this last week? I, I guess so. It sounds like something sounds you come terrific. up with, but... I yeah, I love it. At Immortal Thor 99, final question. For Marvel Now, it would be fun to swap adjectives for the relaunch titles. Invincible Thor, Amazing Iron Man, Mighty Hulk... I'd do, like, Irredeemable Captain America. <laughs> Aw. Well, Cap's totally redeemable. I know. That's the joke. This is referring to Uncanny Avengers, mm-hmm. and that is specifically titled that. There's a reason behind that. There's a... a story you know, reason. Yeah, there's story reasons behind that, not just, like, let's swap adjectives. It's That'd not be fun it's for be. a month, though. Yeah. Like a theme month. Earth's Mightiest X-Men. Yeah. I still like Irredeemable Captain America the best. Yeah. Or Incredible Anybody. <laughs> Avenging Gambit? Yes, Avenging Gambit. Ugh. <laughs> All right. At the Conman1876 tweets, where is Norman Osborn slash Green Goblin in the current Amazing Spider-Man series? Well, Connor, Norman Osborn slash Green Goblin was last seen in the pages of Avengers. He is actually, it's been interesting, the last few years since Dark Reign, since Siege, since his own Osborn series, he's kind of transitioned from being solely a Spider-Man villain to very much a Marvel Universe and Avengers villain. So his last attempt to do his thing was he formed the new dark avengers didn't go so well for him so he's back in jail right now but never rule out a return to the pages of amazing spider-man for him and i think that'd be really interesting given his increased role in the marvel universe see him go back to targeting spider-man i'd like to see that another one from at the con man 1876 if you could be any comic book character for a day who would you be hmm the beyonder that hair oh that suit unlimited power (laughs) I'll be Silver Surfer, so I could be naked and fly around space. Right. As opposed to just walking around the Marvel offices. Yeah. Blake? I like Cyclops because he has a cool car. Yeah, man, and you'd have to wear a visor all the time and wouldn't be able to see anything. What but car? Red. Great He's choice. He's got that red sports car. 
What? So, so all the characters, you would just want his car. Yep. His hair flows in the sports car. All right. Fair enough. Wow. Maybe the worst answer of all time. Intern Anthony. Spider-Man. Also, he wears a skull cap all the time. Your hair wouldn't even be flowing. No, when he's all four. And why do you want to be Spider-Man, who has, like, the worst luck of anybody ever? All your girlfriends die? Oh. You guys are terrible. You guys are the worst. All right, another one from at the Conman 1876. What is your favorite Stan Lee cameo? Mine is the one from The Amazing Spider-Man. Talking about all the movie cameos Stan has had over the last decade or so. Well, that's a tough one. I really like Thor cameo. That's when he's trying to pull. He's, he's oh, grabbing was the truck. So good. He's trying yeah. to pull the hammer out. Where uh, Tony Stark mistakes him for half in uh, the first Iron Man. That was fun. And then the second one where he actually plays CNN guy. Yeah, Larry King. Larry King. Larry David, yeah. yeah not Larry David at all, Anthony. Wow. Five twin demerits from you. You were doing so well earlier. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, you have particulars? I have a long story. I don't want to get into it. He made a, <laughs> he made a funnier die video where he made a joke about himself being in Saving Private Ryan. And he's just like, hey, I'm in Saving Private Ryan. And he disappeared. That's my favorite. <laughs> I got no idea what you're talking no, about, no, but no. now we'll have to watch this yeah, after the response. episode. Definitely want to see that. All right. Hulk. Where yeah, the Hulk one is really good. Guard. Oh, the Incredible... Oh, Hulk, Hulk or Incredible Hulk? Hulk. Uh, was he a security guard? guard. Now? Yeah, I like the Incredible Hulk one where he, like, drinks the stuff that has the Hulk blood in it. <laughs> oh, yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. like, That's it, cool. it alludes to him possibly getting all hulked up. And, of course, in Daredevil, he plays the guy that Matt Murdock All right, so next question... <laughs> next question from Connor is, at the Conman 1876 says, What would happen if the Punisher accidentally shot an innocent civilian? You know, kind of crazy. He's never shot an innocent civilian, but I remember like one time he went completely haywire and was like shooting like jaywalkers and stuff. Well, I think that's, that's different from this. No, I'm just spinning off for calling. Uh, if you shot an innocent civilian, you know, probably the cops and superheroes would come after him like they already do. Yeah. So he would be upset with himself. I think, yeah, he'd be very upset, but I think as far as how the Marvel Universe treats him, they already want him in jail. He there kills very, people yeah, every very, day. There are very few people who don't want him in jail. Yeah. Maybe those last few people would then want him in jail. Yes. At a comment, 1876 tweets, In your opinion, what is the saddest moment that has happened in a comic book? Hmm. I mean, it's very subjective, obviously. Yeah. I would say it's the saddest moment ever. But I would say, for me personally, I got really sad when Colossus sacrificed himself to cure the legacy virus. It was so well written. It was mm. so well done. But then reading longer, the death of Captain Marvel was also really rough. The death of Gwen Stacy. Just death. death. Death sucks. Death sucks. You know, I was talking to someone after going to see The Amazing Spider-Man how Gwen Stacy doesn't resonate with me as much right. as, say, Mary Jane does because Gwen was already dead long before yeah. I started reading comics. So. I get the appeal, and I've read a lot of stories with her now, and, I, you know, it's cool. You know, Spider-Man Blue, for instance, yes. is a heartbreaker. That is a very emotionally taxing comic, but, like, I still connect with Mary Jane more. I don't know where I was going with this. I guess we were just riffing. No, we riff sometimes. No, yeah. it's a good point, because what's been happening with me is I've been reading the Masterworks, so yeah. I've been reading Gwen Stacy for the first time, so I was kind of the same way as you. I was like, oh, she's just some girl who died, but... As I get to know her more, it's like, because I've already read the story of her death, it's becoming retroactively sadder. Mm. So it's a weird kind of experience. And also, I remember she died in uh, the last issue of Marvels. 
and that was a really well done story where even if you didn't know who she was, mm-hmm. they made you care about it. Yeah. Really, really cool. And then when Ultimate Peter Parker died. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, just well, recently that was... Tom Brennan is still... Kind of oh, yeah. Like, you can hear him every once in a while. Just whimpering. Sobbing. Quietly yeah. whimpering. It's not the same as when Blake's crying no. all the time. All right. Final one from at the comment 1876. Which character can you relate to the most? I mean... That's hard. I don't live in the Marvel Universe or have have fantastic superpowers. Yeah. Even like Rick Jones, like, look at him. Rick Rick Jones is a bomb, but even before that, he was like, oh, I'm friends with every superhero. I just happen to walk into uh, an explosion. I happen to be Captain America's new sidekick. I happen to get this power. The character I relate the most to is some guy we've never seen who lives nowhere near New York City and has never had anything involving superheroes happen to him. He's who I relate the most to. I'm going to go with Lockjaw. Yeah. Or Lockjaw was my yeah. second answer. Blake? I'm going to go with Cyclops again. <laughs> when I'm in a sports car, my hair also flows. And you can't open your eyes ever. Yeah. Anthony? I'm just going to go with Spider-Man again, minus the powers. Yeah. I have terrible luck. Jesus. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to Et Jedi LeMond. So... Am I right in saying you rarely listen to Strami's part of the podcast? So do you think Strami listens to your part? No. No, you're no, no. way. Strami has no idea what we say about The him. only person who listens to every single part of it is, is of the team right. is Blake. Yes. Because he's putting it all together. Well, his intern, Kristen, also yes. listens to all of it on some occasions. She listens to all of it. Oh, sorry, Blake. I do. Yeah. Blake listens to the whole thing, so he knows everything we're saying about each other. Yeah, and he's gonna use that information. At I, I used to listen to when I was the one editing everything. I listened to Strami's part as well. It's just a matter of time right now. I you know I don't always get to listen to it. Sometimes I, I once am, in a while. I am meaning to. Uh, I have it saved that I'm gonna listen to you guys' AVX podcast last week because mm. I want to hear how that went down. But yes. yeah, I mean it's, it's hard to listen to the podcast after we record it. Just there's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. isn't that right, Blake? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we should keep this one going for a couple hours. At Jedi Lamont, you guys should have a .5 podcast where you save a load of Marvel trivia questions from the Twimish folk and see how Ben handles it. Why are you handling it? I think because I'm the guy you usually say, like, you know, what's the answer to that? Oh. So he wants them to try to stump me or something like that. Dominic, I don't know where you went with this one. Yeah. A little off the, off the rails. That's okay. Two twin points for you. Yeah. Just for trying. For trying. Yeah, I mean, I think he just wants me to answer trivia questions. Yeah. Which, you know, maybe someone wants to hear that. Yes. Probably not. At Greg Filson tweets, Just recruited Scarlet Witch for Avengers Alliance. Even at level one, she is awesome. Keep up the good work, Marvel. I believe you said something like that. Boom. But minutes ago. Boom. At HWView tweets to me, Wow, two words for AVX number seven. All caps, FRIED AVENGER. Not what I was expecting. That's of us, kind of, of insensitive, were, Yeah, very dude. insensitive. Haywood, come on, man. Be, be more PC. Yeah. Or, you know, whatever. Glad you enjoyed the issue. <laughs> Another one from at HWView to me. And do you think WWE AJ Lee is more like Typhoid Mary or White Queen? Well, you were out of the office when AJ came in. Yeah. So. I'm really bummed because you know, my wife and I caught up on a whole bunch of WWE this weekend. You know, I watched some of the parts yep. I really I really wanted to see Vince McMahon coming back. Like, yeah. So I was getting to those episodes. That was a few weeks ago. I know. Well, we're, we not, we're, not, we're not all the way Jeez. up to snuff. So right now it's before the pay-per-view right after he came back. Oh, okay. So I guess it was what? Like No Way Out maybe? That was before No Way Out. You yeah. You whole another month to catch up with. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it was interesting to watch her progression as yeah. it was starting to really ramp up and it's only gotten better it's only gotten better yeah 
AJ does not like Emma Frost because ah. she's a huge Jean Grey fan. Uh-huh. And she actually said uh, when she was on The Watcher that like, if she could go after one Marvel character in the ring, it would be Emma Frost. So I don't think she'd want to be compared to the White Queen. But she's a little out there sometimes. So I think Typhoid Mary fits a little better. I, I think she'd be flattered to be called Typhoid Mary. Aurora from yes, Alpha Flight. A little... AJ is definitely a little bit like Aurora. She wants to be like Jean Grey. That, that's her role model. Well, I mean, Phoenix did have that flare-up as Dark Phoenix. And yeah. <laughs> Basically, you're saying, like, the only defining characteristic is that she's nuts. Yeah, her character is a little... Her out character there. is nuts. At Odie Dark Lord. Nope, y'all ain't too rough on Anthony. Love the banter. Anthony, he took the H out of your name. He did. That's what we're going to go with from now on. Anthony. You're Anthony. 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 Oh, the return of Atmos Marvel Girl. She checks in periodically. Yeah, what's up? In all caps, catching up on This Week in Marvel, listening to This Week in Marvel, number 23. She's three months behind. Jim, what have you been doing? Fill us in on what's been keeping you so busy. So when you catch up on this episode in another month or so... You'll know that we were thinking of you. Yeah, in 2013 when you get here. Yes, or someone can tweet to at Ms. Marvel Girl and let her know that we yelled about her name. At X-Force Josh, Quapel nails another issue of AVX. Just read AVX number 7 and was blown away by the amazing detail and explosive action. Agree. True. 100%. Done. 100%. At X-Force Josh also says, I can't wait to hear more about Marvel now. I am very curious about a post-AVX Marvel Universe hashtag not a reboot. We are very excited to tell you stuff. Well, in the weeks and months to come, even starting with San Diego, we'll have more details for you. There's a lot to get to with Marvel now, and it's all really exciting. And you're right, it's not a reboot, so keep spreading the good word. At X-Force Josh, I just read Deadpool 57 and laughed so hard I nearly cried. Pimp articles. Funny books. Hashtag funny books. Hashtag funny books. Glad you enjoyed it, man. Glad you enjoyed it. And finally, from at X-Force Josh, my twin pick of the week is Punisher 13. Rachel Cole Alvis is deadly and hot. Rucka's run on this book is so good. Don't just talk about her hotness. I mean, she didn't. He said she was deadly. Yeah, but there's nothing, like, hot, really, about the character. She is deadly, and she's, you know, going through some really rough stuff. I don't think her being attractive is any part of the character. Just saying. Thank you, Captain Sensitive. Hey. Whatever. My wife is a hardcore feminist. This is in my brain. Yeah. All times. <laughs> anyway, at T-Bear220 tweets to me, what is the hero to villain ratio in Marvel? It seems like it's easier to become a bad guy versus a good bro. Well, I think in general it's easier to be bad when you have mm. these powers. I mean, you want money, you want power, you want this, and when you get these abilities, it, I would assume that a lot of people have this first inclination to just... Go out and take. Who's going to yep. stop me? It's rah, human rah, nature, rah. unfortunately. Yeah. But then there's the good ones who yep. get out there and say, Blake, stop smashing that bank. And Blake Blake's says, like, no. Yeah. No, they got my southern money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that con- Confederate currency <laughs> that they use down there. Yeah, just gold. <laughs> they got my gold. <laughs> so what do you think? Ben? I think no, I agree with you. You're right on. I think, unfortunately, it's human nature to, if you get power, the first thing you think about is yourself, and it's a lot harder to be a good person, but it's a lot more cool. Dun, 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 dun. That's the more you know. The more you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah I thought so. <laughs> All right. Now we are into the at Ref Gimlin section of the questions. 
First one. Last week it was suggested that Cyclops could blast cook a barbecue. Aren't his optic blast concussive that force? That is a thousand percent right. Blake, were you the one who said Cyclops could cook a barbecue? Since Cyclops is your boy. What? I said you said Wolverine. I don't know who said Cyclops, so you're right. It might have been me. Cyclops' blast would not cook the barbecue. It would just knock them off the grill. So that would be a disaster. Yeah, that Ten would... twin points to Rev Gemlin and a no prize. <laughs> a twin no prize for identifying that mistake. Now I want to see a panel of someone making Cyclops blast a barbecue. And he goes, wait, but no. And then they yeah. make him do it. And they food everywhere. I'd rather, I'd rather see him think it's going to work. Be like, all right, just ready. Oh, let me cheat a little bit. And then it just <laughs> knocks all the meat off. He's like, oh, no. I better go in my red sports car to feel better about myself. Hi, me. At Rev <laughs> tweets. Question, is it better to see Marvel now as another heroic age, fresh era? People's fear of a reboot seems silly. Marvel has said no reboot, and I wanted something familiar to compare it to. A fresh starting point. There is really... I appreciate your efforts, but no, it, it's not the heroic age. The heroic age was just a banner. We ran across a couple of books. It was a new era. It was important, but there is... Sad to say for you, there's nothing familiar to compare it to. Marvel now is like nothing we have ever done. It is a brand new chapter in the Marvel Universe. No, Tom and Axel have spoken about it as being basically Avengers vs. X-Men is the conclusion to the last chapter of the Marvel Universe, which started way back 10 years ago when Brian Michael Mendes took over the Avengers. The most similar thing would be to think of when Bendis took over the Avengers and really revitalized that franchise except we're doing it across the entire line but we're also doing it a very different way and we're doing a lot more stuff with digital and a lot more stuff with the way books look visually so there's nothing you can really compare it to heroic age isn't really big enough to state what marvel now is hopefully you have a better understanding as we go but there's really no easy comparison point and that might be frustrating at the moment but ultimately i think you'll see it as a good thing yeah and as you see you know creators that you love taking on new challenges and new books and new characters it does something to all these books and characters but doesn't negate the history it doesn't negate everything that you know and love about marvel we're not going to just say oh time for us to wipe it all away and start over again yeah it's not a reboot but it's also not just another heroic age it's something completely new Another one from Matt Ref Gimlin to Ben. Are you or any of the This Week in Marvel team in London this weekend? No, we are going to be in San Diego this weekend. Yeah, no London for us. Yeah, because I remember him asking me this. I think it was post this past weekend. So, yeah, we're going to be in San Diego. Lovely tweet from Robert says, Enjoyed This Week in Marvel 35.5 in the pouring rain on the walk into work. The show continues to be the best podcast out there. Yes. Thank you very much, sir. Another one from Matt Raff Gamlin. Hadn't considered Quicksilver and Avengers Alliance until listening to Podcast 36's Q&A. Great fan suggestion. I think Quicksilver would be awesome. It wasn't yeah. a fan suggestion. That was my suggestion. Wasn't it? No, it wasn't my suggestion. I, I just said it would be cool. Whatever. Someone said, now it's Carl. Steal the spotlight, Ben. Uh, no, that was terrible. I'm sorry, fans. Matt Gimlin says, Train Journey, iPad, Marvel Pinball, This Week in Marvel. That's awesome. I haven't downloaded the Marvel Pinball for the iPad yet, but I mean to, especially with new stuff that they're always putting out. The Zen Pinball folks are awesome. At Ref Gimlin tweets, question, what is the name of Frog Thor's hammer? Comes from a shard of Mjolnir, but does it have a name? I don't think it has its own name. Does it? I'm pretty sure it's Frog Yolnir. Frog Yolnir? Yeah. Okay. Where's that from? Pet Avengers? Yes. Pet Avengers, Frog, Thor is different from... Than, yeah, yeah, like there's two versions of a frog Thor. Because one Thor is actually himself, Thor yeah, turned into a frog, frog, which just has Mjolnir. Yep. But then there's the... Puddle Gut. 
is yes. Yeah. All right. Very good. Good job, Anthony Chanza, coming through. Yes. Last one from at Ref Gimlin. Does the Juggernaut have any children aside from J two and A next? A possible future? No, he does not have any children that we know of. Mm. And now we're could be getting the... busy, Blake. Yeah, Blake. <laughs> and Cyclops' sports car. Now the at <laughs> Ew, Wolf. Oh, that's Knight... so gross. <laughs> at the at that Wo- clean at Wolf Knight twenty six section. I agree with Agent M's statement about the soundtrack for the Daredevil movie. It was awesome, and the movie is awesome. Damn you, I'm glad Ryan you. I'm glad you agree with Ryan Take me on how great that was. <laughs> Take me so to the side. Does he think your voice is my voice, or is he just being mean know. to you? Either way, I agree. With <laughs> At Wolf Knight 26, what would you guys say is the hardest part about working for Marvel? If I worked at Marvel, the hardest part for me would be not to give away spoilers about certain things. Hmm. For me, it's, you know, managing the business with the creative yeah. and finding the good balance of, you know, what you want to do, what you need to do, and how you get everything done. Because we have a lot of fun, we do a lot of cool stuff, but a lot of the day for me is dealing with business stuff and stuff that just doesn't really get reflected on all the stuff that you guys see. So it's just finding that right balance, and that could be tough sometimes. Yeah, it's kind of a boring answer, but it's just like the hardest part of working at Marvel is the hardest part of working at any job. Just the little stuff, just whether it's, you know, busy work or clerical work or commute, things like that. Most of the stuff we do that's uniquely Marvel is very fun, but like Ryan said, a lot of balancing the mundane stuff so we can get to the fun stuff. That's the challenge. Yeah. At Wolf Knight 26, which Marvel character has the best rogues gallery? Spider-Man, I think. Yeah, totally. Hands down. Yeah. Just a single so character? Iconic, yeah, yeah. He's got so many iconic villains. They're great X-Men villains, but I don't think you can, you know, once you get past the real higher-ups, they don't have as deep a roster, deep a bench as Spider-Man. Yeah, but then you've got X-Force with the externals. Yeah, I mean, X-Force is, you know, a special case. Yeah, special Gideon. Case once you put Gideon, everybody else is a pale comparison. Well, and Strife. Yeah. Strife and Gideon is an unbeatable well, yeah, combo. But now you're ruining my joke, because Strife is awesome, and Gideon is Gideon. Gideon's fantastic. Come on. He was a businessman who was also a villain. A villain? A villain. At Wolf Knight 26, since starting the podcast, have there been times you wanted to ask certain listeners certain questions? We answer so many questions, I don't really think about what I want to know. I mean, we ask Miss Marvel Girl where she is a lot. Yeah. She disappears. That's a common question. What's going on over there with you guys? Hey, Wolf Knight, what is your favorite breakfast food? There Aww. you go. There Aww. you go. Blake Harris contributing. Uh, you, know, you know what? Let's all hear about your favorite breakfast foods. We'll make yeah. the podcast extra long. Yeah. And Blake will enjoy that next week. <laughs> oh, boy. And we're going now. Hey, if you guys want to know, yeah, my favorite Spoiler. is homemade banana bread with some Nutella on it. I've eaten that a lot lately. Yeah. So my Anthony, wife makes delicious banana bread. Anthony, your internship will be coming to an end soon. If you want to get into the... One intern we had previously, three years ago, maybe? Three or so years ago? She, on her last day, brought in probably 50 to 60 types of baked goods and brought them in for us. You know why I remember that day? Why? Because I was out. Ha! (laughs) Ha! So get him that... I like bagels, and he eats out of a tube. <laughs> so. And then you got to mail something to Strong. Uh, i got to stretch this podcast out a little bit more. <laughs> what can we talk Well, there was also, last a couple of semesters ago, there was that legal intern who made her homemade pickles. 
and brought them for us. Oh, yeah. That's kind of weird, but it was kind of cool. Yeah, that's terrific. Yeah. So a lot of good stuff. Yeah. So what we're saying is if you want to be an intern, you get the internship. Before you finish the internship, Do make sure stuff. you give us stuff. Yeah. We've gotten some nice presents the last few. You No intern need give presents to the people who yeah, work it's, for them. Yeah, it's completely voluntary, but yes. that doesn't mean I haven't gotten some Yeah, I think presents. former interns of mine gave me a book on kittens. It was really great. I got, I got some DVD of that Stan Lee show that got canceled. Superhumans. They're not working here anymore. Love Stan Lee. What else have interns got? All right, anyway, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> At Simon Sebs, kicking off his own section. Glad to see Black Panther getting his moments to shine in the last two issues of AVX. Him slapping Tony was surprising. If you know Black Panther and his past relationship with Iron Man, you shouldn't be surprised by that. Remember the Black Panther series? He used to fight Iron Man all the time. I want to slap Tony. A lot of times. A lot of times. Just saying. At Simon Sebs with a question that's sure to offend Ryan. Who do you think is the most beautiful woman, handsome man in Marvel? No, because you're, you're, you're equal, not. So it's okay. Yeah, you're, you're not sexualizing but just the, but the heroines. But, but he's just asking for external looks. And, you know, it goes so much deeper than yeah, that. Yeah, I don't care. I love a pretty lady or a handsome man. Doesn't right. matter to me. So what's, what's your answer? I don't know. Yeah, this is not something I've really thought about. Yeah, I, it depends on the artist. Yeah, everybody <laughs> draws the characters differently, and you know, like you could have really cool interpretations of any character from yeah. anyone. I have a feeling that no matter what, Namor is the most handsome man in Marvel. Yeah, it's just a hunch. Love that Namor. He's just got it. He's got it. Mm-hmm. Simon Sebs. After ABX Seven, I'm seeing a heel turn for Emma Frost. Hashtag This Week in Marvel. Will we? I don't know, but I do like the use of wrestling terminology when yep. asking questions. That's always we were watching. Positive. We were watching wrestling this past weekend, and we were watching all the matches with Ryback on WWE. And Ryback. so I explained to my wife what a jobber is mm-hmm. because he, he's basically fighting two jobbers every time he goes out there. Right. It's great. Who is a jobber in, in Marvel Universe? I was actually thinking about that. I was like, who would we consider a jobber? Face spot Pete Trapster. Till recent Deadpool. Till recent. Because it's always the jobber is the guy who they've already beaten at the beginning of the issue. Yeah. Before they get to the actual yeah. story. Once upon a time, I would actually say that Rhino. Was yeah, a that, yeah. For a little while, he was. Although Rhino schnook. may have been, there's another term. I don't know if you know this one called Jobber to the Stars, which is if you're a mid card guy, who's they keep you looking strong enough so that you seem imposing, so that when a real star beats you, it's a big deal. I would call Rhino a, uh, a jobber to the stars. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I was trying to explain... A JTTS, if you will. Yeah. I was trying to explain, like, okay, you have these jobbers, but then you have someone like Heath Slater, the one-man Southern rock band, who teeters on the edge between the actual jobbers yeah. and the guys who have a, more of a name. Because right. he a shows mid- up in a video he, game. Yeah. I mean, like... He's a mid-carter. Yeah. So mid-carter. He, He'd be he, a jobber to the stars. Yeah. Now you have a new term. Yeah. Blake, you enjoying all this? The more you know. <laughs> That's good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> At Simon Sebs, where is Fin Fang Foom? I don't know, but when he shows up, he'll be hard to miss. Yeah. He's huge. Wearing them purple pants. Gigantic. The last time I remember him showing up was uh, Avengers vs. Pet Avengers, if that is canon in the Marvel it's not. Avengers. Well, that's the last not, time he showed up. It's not continuity, is it? Wow. Is it? I don't know, man. Pet Avengers is tricky. That's Anthony's second Pet Avengers <laughs> reference of this podcast. It's a good so, book. It's yeah, a good, whatever. Very good book. Whatever. At Simon Says, finally, I think you guys should... I don't like this one. 
I think you guys should be nicer to Anthony. He works hard for This Week in Marvel and sounds like a nice guy. Wow, do you listen to the show, Simon? Five trim demerits, Simon. Yeah. And I'm Ari, sorry. is this just you tweeting from a <laughs> no, different name? It totally is. Oh no. my god. That Simon says Anthony does work hard, but you have to know him. Uh, this is <laughs> you have to understand. This is the way it is with interns. You have He's to, learning. Yeah, and yeah. The, the, it's a bit of a hazing, but it's all good natured and good fun. Right. He's working at Marvel. Yeah. Guys. He's working at Marvel. And if HR hears this podcast, we do not use the word hazing. <laughs> well, not actual, any sort of real hazing. It's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. Us joking around with him on a yeah. podcast is pretty much easy street. We got two left. You want to take them? I noticed there's no Ungaje this week. I think you chased him off. All right. He's, he was so upset last week. He's yeah. like, I thought Ryan used to like me. Sure. At Swagpool tweets, you do have a character who breathes taco sauce and looks like Hamburglar. It's Blake Garris. Let me say, he added a trademark to his name. I don't think he actually <laughs> trademarked Swagpool. You should trademark Swagpool. It's open, I'm sure. So, okay. You asked for Game it. Game on, <laughs> as they say. I think Blake's hair got a little bit like... It's lighting on fire. Yeah, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got very angry there. It's great. Super Cyan Blake. Final question, comment of the show. At TrickWellSun tweets, hashtag Snickers and hashtag Dubstep. If you were falling to Earth like Nova in AVX, what would your I love this planet list consist of? So, context. Mm -hmm. In AVX Infinite comic, the first one we did, you see Nova racing back to Earth, and he's thinking of all the things that he loves about Earth. Earth. So he loves Dubstep. Because he's young and he's not really he's, sure he's who hit. he is and he doesn't understand music right. yet. And he loves Snickers because he likes candy. And right. that's fine. That's like, he's saying like things that, are, that you love about Earth. I feel like that's harder to put in context because we're always oh, on Earth. Yeah, like if you went away <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh man. It's like if you're on Mars, you'd be like, oh, these are the things I miss about Earth. I'd be like cats, yeah. sloths, just food. I, I like love I'm food. I'm thinking things like when I leave, you know. Hugs. When we go to California, what do we miss about the East Coast? My family. Yeah, that's what I, it's all people. Friends, family. I take my music everywhere I go. Yeah. He should be able to take his music everywhere he goes. Who, Nova? Yeah. He should have an iPod in his helmet. Yeah, a little, little yeah. iPod-y oh. thing. I helmet. Yeah. I Nova. Yeah, I Nova. Oh, man, we need to make that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the end of the comments. We could just hang around yeah, we and could talk for a, for a while. while. Just kind of like... Blake's not the See one who's feeling on. pressure right now. So, oh. look, you'll look at this and laugh on yeah. Sunday. <laughs> We're afternoon. gonna laugh so much. So much. We're gonna laugh so much. By us, I mean. Uh. By us, I mean the three of us. Yeah. Because Blake's gonna be editing stuff. We're gonna try and record some fun stuff for the podcast at the show, but it's gonna be crazy busy. So again. Follow along with everything we're doing at Comic-Con by going to marvel.com slash sdcc2012. The page is there now. You can see Twitter updates, panels, all kinds of different things there now. But it's just going to get more and more and more. And there's going to be video throughout the show. Follow us on Twitter. Find us everywhere we go. It's going to be fun. Thank you to Anthony. Thank you to Blake, Strami, and Ben. Thank you to all the fans for listening and commenting and being fantastic. And uh, I guess we'll catch you after Comic-Con. This is Marvel, your universe.